0: Radio Influence. Podcasting Redefined. Welcome back to the Lawfather Podcast. As always, we are here in Lawfather headquarters, uh, right here in the studio, uh, here right in the Lawfather firm. So just want to take an opportunity to talk about a few things today that is a little different than what we normally talk about. Uh, we've tackled some heavy topics over time. Uh, one of the things that we were going to talk about today is Deshaun Watson and that whole lawsuit. Uh, as I was getting ready to, to talk about that and look into some of the different things, you know, I found that, that, that uh, the attorney that's representing the women in this case is very vocal on social media. So I thought maybe it'd be a good idea to have him come on the show and maybe we can have a dialogue back and forth, personal injury attorney to personal injury attorney. So I've reached out to him, uh, waiting on a response back uh, being that Houston is an hour behind and uh, I typically prep for the show at about 5 a.m. Eastern time before I go work out. Uh, well, it was probably 4 a.m. in Houston at that time. Uh, I believe they're an hour behind. So as we record the show at at eight o'clock Eastern time, 825, I believe it is, uh, Eastern. It's still early uh, in the Houston side of things. So look forward to that. Hopefully we're able to get him on in the future. Uh, If not, I'll break it down. I'll talk about it. But one of the things that I want to look at is the law from a business owner point of view. All right. So not only does the law father run a law firm, but I also run a title company, Frankie Title, and a legal support services company. And you know, I think it's really a very important thing for business owners to understand some of the legal ramifications that can come up and some of the ways to protect yourself. And I, you know, I'll lead with I am not necessarily a quote unquote business attorney, right? Uh, I don't specialize in that. I don't work in that realm. All day, every day. But I've learned some things along the way. Uh, I've done a lot of contract law over the years uh, between being a, a professional baseball agent, a an agent with the National Football League representing professional football players. All right. Uh, working in a corporate general counsel role, uh, doing contracts internationally. All right. So learned a lot of things along the way, and want to share some of those things with you all. Out there who may be business owners. So let's start at the very, very beginning. And we look at you have a business or you want to start a business, right? What's the first thing that you need to do? And the first thing that you need to do, and you should probably hire a lawyer for a vast majority of these things, although some of these things you can do on your own. But number one thing is you need to form an entity. All right. And there are some legal ramifications here and there are some tax ramifications. So I'll look at it from the legal perspective. Keep in mind that you're going to want to talk to a tax professional, an accountant who can break down the tax ramifications for you. All right. Uh, Quite frankly, when I make decisions as to what's going to to go on with the business from an accounting perspective, I get with the accountant, right? I don't make those decisions on my own. Uh, I am not versed enough or at all in tax law to make those determinations. So I don't, right? So, number one thing, get yourself an accountant that you can trust and that you know, because ultimately, no matter what happens, okay, if you listen to your accountant and your accountant tells you wrong and you get audited by the IRS, you can't really just go, well, my accountant told me X. All right. It just doesn't work like that. All right. So, you need to keep that in mind and, you know, just, Be careful of that, but get somebody that you can trust. Now, what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to form the entity. Now, what can that be? It can be a corporation, which is what we hear a lot about. It can be an LLC, which is a limited liability company, or it could be a partnership. All right. Those are your main varieties of legal entities, right? And there are are a lot of different tax ramifications. Uh, Corporations, from a legal perspective, it's very structured. And you have to have meetings at least once a year. Uh, You have to have officers. uh, There'll be bylaws. And the owners of a corporation are shareholders. All right? So that is the basics of what a corporation is. And there, there are big differences in tax ramifications for corporations versus limited liability companies, which is the next thing. So in a corporation, you have shareholders. In a limited liability company or an LLC, you have members. Okay, members are the owners of an LLC. Uh, you can appoint officers in an LLC. It's not required. Uh, you can have yearly meetings in an LLC, but it's not required. All right. Now, if you want to change something in an LLC, you have to have a meeting and then you have to pass a resolution. Okay, but they're not required. It's not a requirement. And and the the difficulty becomes if you don't do the requirements that are required of the entity, you can actually personally and individually potentially be liable if the company does something and gets sued. Okay. Uh, it's what's called being uh piercing the corporate veil and you want to avoid piercing the corporate veil. Uh, and that actually goes along, not just to corporations, but to limit liability companies and to partnerships as well. So, you want to make sure that you're following all the rules and regulations. Limited liability companies are the most free in terms of they're not structured. You can essentially do what you want. You can handle things how you want. They can be member managed, which means that the members control the day-to-day operations and the, the financial decisions and things of that nature. They can be manager managed, which means you appoint a person that is that has the title manager, they can be a member, they don't have to be a member. So you could get you know, Johnny off the street to come be a manager, pay him a salary, and he can be the manager of that limited liability company. That manager does have a fiduciary responsibility, they have a duty to the entity. So you know, even if you just grab somebody off the street, they can't just make decisions that would hurt the company. All right, so they, they do have to work in the furtherance of the company, otherwise they could be liable. All right. Uh, One of the big differences is so a corporation is recognized by the IRS, which is the taxing body of the United States. Limited liability companies are not. They're what's called a uh, disregarded entity. All right. So when it comes to tax time and filing purposes, they can be one of several different things. Uh, They can be a sole proprietorship. They can be listed as a partnership, uh, an S-Corp or C-Corp once again, get with your tax professional to discuss that aspect to it. And then you have partnerships, which I'm not as well versed in, but that is another, another way to do it. And, and you put multiple people together and you can form a partnership and it creates an entity. Uh, it, it opens, it doesn't shield you from liability individually as much as some of the other entities. Some states like Florida has limited liability, limited partnership which does shield some of the liability, just like an LLC or a corporation. Okay. So that's step one. Step one is to determine what type of entity you want to be both from a legal perspective and a tax perspective. All right. And get all of that paperwork, get your contract signed, right. v- really very important that you have an operating agreement. If you're an LLC bylaws, if you're a corporation, all right. And a partnership agreement, if you're doing a partnership, That is the number one thing. If you don't have it in writing, it doesn't exist. And if there's an issue later on, guess what? Good luck recovering from that other person. And and you really have to keep in mind, right? Everybody loves each other in the beginning when you're setting up a new company. (laughs) They do, right? And I've seen this over and over and over again, right? Everybody loves each other. Just like a marriage, everybody loves each other in the beginning, and then money happens, whether it's hard times or earning a lot of money. And then guess what? People start to break up. They start to have want to go in a different direction, right? People think, hey, the company should be going in this direction or that direction, and and nobody else in the partnership or the company agrees, right? All of a sudden you're fighting. And you can't figure out which way you're going to go. And I I can tell you, I have some clients that recently that it happened to, right? And every time we drafted a new contract, I would tell them, right? We are drafting this contract because we are getting ready for the divorce. Yes, we know we all love each other right now. We're all getting married. We're engaged and we're happy and we're going into our honeymoon and everything else. Yep. Great. Cool. Right. I get to be Debbie Downer as the attorney, <laughs> as with most things that I get to do. I get to be Debbie Downer or deal with, with the bad side of things. And, hey, you got to get ready for the divorce, right? Yeah, I know, right? It, it It's bad. You, you don't want to go into something thinking you're going to fail. But if you don't have things down in writing and you don't have it ready to go, right, it opens that door. And it, it not just opens the door for when things go bad, but it opens that door for misinterpretations for things to go bad, right? So the more you can spell it out, the more clear language you can use, the more you can get rid of ambiguities as you're putting these things together, the better off you are because it's going to come to a point where you're going to go, "Hey, I think I'm owed x," and this then the other person goes, "Hey, I think I'm owed y right It's just it's going to happen and and there's no way there is no way anytime you draft a contract for not just to, to start a business, but for any business piece or for any contract for that matter, that you're going to hit 100% of the issues that can ever arise, okay? You just want it to be clear enough that you're going to hit the vast majority of them and that it's, it's clear enough that you know how to handle those other instances that you can't account for because you don't know what the future holds, okay? Now, that's the first part. Second part, also very, really very, very important. You need to register your entity in the state that you're going to do business, right? So if you are a Florida-based company and you are going to do business in Florida, you must register your business with the Secretary of State of Florida. What happens if you don't? Well, something happens on your property. Let's just say you're starting a business and it has a storefront. Somebody comes in and they slip and they fall. That person calls me and I, and I look you up on Sunbiz, right? Which is the secretary of state, uh, division of Corporations site for the state of Florida. I look and I go, well, Hey, this company isn't registered. I go, yeah, I got gotcha, you, Right. We're good. Hey client, we're in a good spot because guess what? That company can't defend themselves. All right. So state statute in Florida says that if you don't register your entity and you get sued, you have no defense. Think about that for a second. There's a lot of things that can happen over time. And it doesn't matter how frivolous the lawsuit is. If the state says you cannot defend yourself, you can't defend yourself. It doesn't matter that it's just some crazy guy who's making up a story. Right. Register that entity. All right. So that's one of the really very, very important things to do. At the end of the day, all of these things are about protection, right? That is one of the benefits of having an attorney, right? So a lot of times I talk about, hey, I handle all the bad situations. People come to me when things are going bad. This is one of the few times when people come to an attorney when things are going good. Okay. Everybody's happy. It's a really good spot to be as an attorney, to be dealing with people when things are good and, and, and everybody's happy, all right? But you have to protect yourself, and these are the ways that you protect yourself, right? Now, you have the entity going, you're registered with the state, you got things up and running, and you have a logo. You like your logo, Right? Take a, those are you watching on video right here and on Instagram Live. You see the Law Father right here, and and you see the writing the law. You see Law Father and writing right there. Hey, protect that, right? Uh, that's one of the first things that I did when when we launched the Law Father, which was to trademark it, right? One of the very first things as. as it was in the development stages and I've talked a little bit about how that came about, but it really just stemmed from a conversation uh, from a really good friend of mine. He actually is a brilliant marketer. Uh, He works in insurance, but he's, he's brilliant. He he works uh, on the opposite side of me, uh, but not in in the defense side. He works for an insurance company as an agent um, of all things. But, um, and one of the companies that I, I despise (laughs) as we go against them. Right. But anyway, we were talking one night and, you know, he brings it up and we start talking about it and developing it. I, I like it. Right. It, you know, it, it may be, uh, it may be interesting. Right. It, it may be something that people laugh at. I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go, but it could take off. Right. And so I, what I did was I went through and I created a specimen and for advertising purposes, put out an advertisement and went through the trademark process. Okay. Now the trademark process for something like the law father wasn't all that smooth. Uh, I did have to reach an agreement with a a company to, um, be able to get that taken care of, uh, because there was some opposition to the original version of it. But the version, as you see the law father, uh, has been trademarked with the U S patent and trade office. And that's, what's really, really very important because you get to protect that you get to protect your brand when you have that. Right. And, from the legal standpoint, we're all about protection, right? So, what you want to do is you're going to have to do what's called creating a specimen, because the U.S. Patent and Trademark is going to want to uh, U.S. Patent and Trade Office, excuse me, is going to want to see that trademark used in the course of business, right? They need it; it needs to be used in commerce. So, you can't just create a logo and just say, "Oh, this is my logo. Yep, uh, I'm going to submit it over to the Patent and Trademark Office, and we're going to be good to go." No, you have to create some sort of ad. So a lot of times what I'll do is, and this is what I recommend to people, I'll make an ad that I put on Facebook, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be an ad. It just has to be a post that is essentially advertising something, right? Advertising the services that you're offering. Take a screenshot of that and you can take and submit it as a specimen to the US Patent and Trademark Office, okay? That helps you to protect your brand. Now, trademarks have to be very specific, Okay. So for example, we own the word mark, the law father, right? Now, if I want to trademark the law father and how it looks, right? So those of you watching on video, I keep pointing to it, but the exact font that's used, you need to specify that it is, uh, you know, a blocked font with, with pointed tips on the end. And it is, white in color if you want to use the color aspect okay uh it just depends on what you want to do and how you want to do it all right trademarks come in classes so let's just say and i don't i can't think of another business outside of law that would use the law father but let's just say uh just say a plumber wanted to use the law father right I, i don't know um my grandfather was a plumber, so I guess that's where we got that. We had Frankie Plumbing. Now we got Frankie Law and Frankie Title. I don't know. But anyway, that's just an aside. But um, say say a plumber wanted to trademark the law father. They could, right? Yes, I own the trademark for the law father, but so could the plumber. And here's why. Your trademark goes in a class, right? And we have the trademark for the law father under the class of legal services, Why? Because that's what we do, right? It wouldn't make sense for me to go trademark it under plumbing because we don't do plumbing, okay? Um, So they could trademark it under a plumbing aspect, right? On, On as a plumber. Uh, I, I can't think of an example right off the top of my head, but I've seen it in other industries and, in, and other companies where you might say, hey, I, I got this name over here. Yep, I, got, I see this trademark, but I also see this other name, and it's, it's the same, right? Um, and, and if we take a step back to the state registration, that's another important piece of state registration. It protects your name, right? So nobody else can use that name in the state. So, for example, we own Frankie Law PLLC right? Uh, professional limited liability company. Nobody else in the state could start a law firm or could start any company that's called Frankie law. Okay. Um, it'd have to be spelled differently. They'd have to do something different. You could have essentially Frankie law too. Although we'd most likely fight that, um, because of brand confusion. But anyway, the idea of the trademark getting back to the trademark is to help prevent brand confusion. And you don't want someone to hurt your brand. Okay, it, it gives you that protection. Now, I can tell you, uh, we've we've done this in the past, right, with the law father. Because every once in a while, an attorney will will go, "Oh yeah, you know what? I'm going to use something with the law father," and they'll they'll grab actually the something with the Godfather, and you know that that's not the purpose on our side of the law father. It's not actually meant to invoke thoughts of the Godfather, the movie. Um, and, and so, anytime I see that, I I do work to protect that, right, because that's not the image that I want to portray. And that's not the image that the law father is, right? The law father is the guy that you see back here in the video. That's the law father, right? So whenever I see that, I'll reach out to, to that company. most usually it's a law firm and I'll go, Hey, we own the law father. We own the words, the law father, you can't use that. Right. And you know, I do it nicely, right? I, it's officially, you could term it officially a cease and desist. I avoid using that, right? Because it just, it's too formal for me, right? Now, if I get a response that says, hey, go pound sand, we're not removing it. Yeah. Then, you know, then we have to take the gloves off and we're gonna have to get real formal and you're going to get a cease and desist letter. Okay. But my style is just to go, Hey, look, we own that. Please take it down haven't ever had a problem past that, right? Actually had places call me up and go, Hey, we're sorry. We, you know, we looked it up. Yep. You do own it and and we're going to take it down. So just keep that in mind. You want to protect your brand, right? And and I use that as a real life example because I'm always working to protect the law father brand. And I mean, look, I I had great grandparents. All of them came over from Sicily and um, some of them were pretty vocal about not not appreciating uh, movies like The Godfather because you know it puts Sicilians in a negative light, so you know I, I do try to work to protect that I wouldn't want that to be what it becomes right and what it's about right what it is about like I said is our little cartoon guy and about providing great service right and have a little fun right because we're not that stuffy firm we're that place that's Gonna have a little bit of fun, yeah. We're gonna work really hard for you, um, but yeah, you know, we're going we're going to do things maybe a little bit differently. So, really important that you do that for your own company, right? And, and I use that as I use that example to really spell that out so that you can understand the importance of it. All right. So those are kind of your building blocks when we look at hey, I'm gonna start a company. This is what I need to do. This is how I need to protect myself. One of another really good way have an attorney on retainer, all right? I know it sounds expensive, but I guarantee you, I guess I, I suppose the bar would have a little problem with me guaranteeing anything. So um, I'll walk back that guarantee, but I, I would bet that you could find an attorney that will do your business law work on a retainer basis, right? And, and it works like this. And, and having worked in the sports world, uh, it's given me a unique opportunity to provide legal services to athletes at times um, for some of their business ventures. And this is how we generally work it. We'll set an amount for a retainer, so we get paid that amount every single month. And what that does is, on the attorney side, I go and I say, okay, I'm allotting this amount of time for this particular venture, for this individual, so if they have an issue... That's going to go first in line, right? It's not going to go in line at the bottom as it comes in because I've already allocated that time to that individual. Okay, that's how that works. Uh, it, it's really, I think, an important thing for a business owner because you don't know when that issue is going to come up, or you don't know when you're going to need that small thing done. And the way I work it is, I'll work it at a reduction of an hourly rate. So normally, those types of things would be done at a billable hour rate, probably in the neighborhood of three to three fifty an hour, right? I'm bumping up most times right now into the 350 an hour when I'm doing things like this on a billable hour rate. If I do it on a retainer rate, I'm doing it more in the range of 250 an hour, right? For whatever the paid for amount of time is, okay? So it can be a way for you as a business owner to save some money, right? But you just, you never know because you could not use it, right, for a month. And then all of a sudden the next month you need, many more hours than what you've allocated, or you have a big, big issue, right? That you need to address and think about. So, um, really important to take a look at that and maybe reach out to an attorney and figure out if that's something that you need to look into. So anyway, that's, that's that part of it. Okay. Those are some of the basics when it comes to getting a business up and running, right? So some of the things that people don't generally think about, right? Yeah. We all think about, okay, I'm going to need a lease. I'm going to need employees. Maybe I'm going to, uh, need a supply chain and demand. And, uh, maybe I open up an internet storefront. All those things are great, right? All of those things are probably the first things that people think about when they do something like this. But number one thing, think about the legal aspect. If you have any questions, by all means, reach out to me, I'm here for every one of you. As I mentioned on the show all the time, Lawfather at Tampalawfather.com that gets directly to me. That's the email address for this show. OK? 855 Law Father. I'll answer any one of your questions, all right? As I mentioned in the beginning, I may not be the, you know, business law guru, but I, I probably know a little bit more than most. Okay, Um, I feel like we've protected all of our businesses uh, very well and uh, protected our our brands uh, in a very good sense. And having been on the personal injury side of knowing what I can use against companies who are not protected. All right. So those are all the pieces. Another piece, make sure you get liability insurance. All right. Don't be cheap. I have a case right now. Where I have a business owner who has very really very very minimal coverage um almost embarrassingly minimal to the point where I'm like i don't insurance i'm I'm not swayed by anything you have to say whatsoever because I'm going to go after the business and the business owner right um so keep that in mind, get insurance that covers you and doesn't allow if you if one of your employees does something to hurt you. Okay. And and I'll leave you with this from the business aspect. Keep this in mind. You as a business owner are responsible for everything an employee does. Okay. Now, look, I'll break it down like this. Most insurance policies won't cover if one of your employees punches somebody, right? They don't cover generally what's called an intentional tort, right? Um, which would be a battery. One of your employees punching somebody else. Okay. But, you know what they do cover? They do cover negligence. All right? How do I take that same situation where you had an employee who punched somebody? How do I, as the personal injury attorney, how do I do that? How do I flip that around? I go, negligent hiring or negligent retention. Right? So, Background checks are very, really, very, very important because I'm going to dig into that background of that employee. And if I find that employee had any sort of violent past, I'm coming, right? If I find there's anything that would allow me on a negligent retention standpoint, Hey, I'm coming. Okay. So check into those things, get insurance, right? Because you never know when your employee is going to do something, Think about it like this. Those of you who have, have employees who drive around, okay? It doesn't take a lot for a car crash to happen. And they happen every day. There's a lot of them that happen every day. Protect yourself, okay? This is not me trying to be the big bad personal injury attorney. This is me trying to help you protect yourself, and your business, and your family, right? Because at the end of the day, that's what we're all here to do, right? We're here to make a living, do well for our families, give back to the community. That's what the law father is about. Okay. So anyway, that is the show for today. It's the law father podcast. Please rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, you'll be able to check it out on YouTube. It'll be up on YouTube. And, uh, that is this show for today. Catch you next week. Law father out.